0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast.
1: All right, welcome to Revolutions Meet Your Congregation. We're sitting here with Robert, a regular attendee here in the physical church. Uh, Robert, how long have you been
0: coming? Like a year? I want to say about a year. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I think a little more. A little more. A little more. Yeah, but definitely not less. Okay. What, uh, What brought you in? Well, um... I was attending a church previously, and it just wasn't, I mean, they were fine, um, but it just wasn't really, I didn't really feel quite at home, and I think it's important, like, when you go to a place where people get together and they talk about God and, and such, it's just, I think it's important to find a place where you just feel comfortable, you could be yourself, you could feel at home, um, yeah. Cool.
2: you know and so it's funny because we're you know we're a bit of a struggling congregation here in person um we're like recording basically recording a podcast live yeah um but how does i mean but you still come back uh-huh you know even though we're not like
0: hundreds of people um, yeah
1: is that attractive or is is, is that just some uh, an incidental uh, feature of the church a little bit yeah. of
0: both that's attractive um and incidental i think i like i don't need um to go to a mega church i've been to one you know mm. pretty much on my you used life used to work at one right i used to work at one mm-hmm. yeah um at my old romanian pentecostal mega church <laughs> <laughs> back in phoenix <laughs> <laughs> um but uh what i what i like about um revolution is that it's not uh, i try to explain this to people but it's kind of hard to explain because people when they when you say the word church it it conjures up like all these different um, ideas, visuals, preconceived notions of what that means Mm -hmm. and revolution is not that kind of place. I think... um, if you're looking for a place that has liturgy, it doesn't have that. <laughs> if you have a have an idea of you know how I want a choir, it doesn't have that mm-hmm. or a, a worship team mm-hmm. with fog machines and lights. It's it's not that. <laughs> yeah. um, no, we need I, to get a fog machine. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah, some laser
1: lights behind me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> be awesome. The exact same service, only now we have a fog
2: machine. <laughs> Nothing else changes. No. Nope. The fog machine.
0: Yeah, so it's not that, and and I I say it's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that. I, I really appreciate the simplicity, um, the rawness. Um, you know, it is a place where it is what it is, and we are who we are, and we come in the state that we're in, and that's okay. Um, there's, it's not a place where you have the woman at the front door shaking your hand, giving you a little bulletin of that day, and have that, you know. Plastic smile yeah. you know and you walk in and then you don't have the you know kind of two faced drama of like sitting next to a person, oh i haven't seen you here in a couple mm. of weeks. How have you been? they really <laughs> want to know the dirt yeah um, and it's not it's not that kind of place you know well, we people, follow you on Instagram, so we know the dirt <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah um, it's not you know you, you come here and you know you, you are who you are and we all love each other and accept each other and um it's a beautiful thing and it's it's pretty much like a live recording and you just sit in and you get to engage and i know whoever speaks jay or you know caleb you know you engage with the audience and it's it's a really unique different experience um and i think it's it's important for um people to understand that you know if for instance if you're you have church ptsd and you you just can't go in a physical space um this is a really great you know option or if there's certain things like I still like the liturgy and the beautiful church and the ambience I think it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful um, but you know, the stuff they say sometimes I don't always see eye to eye with as mm-hmm. far as theological views and yeah. you know mm-hmm. even though they're accepting of you know the gays and all that stuff it's it's more like oh, I don't know about that I don't know if I still believe that so <laughs> it's it's great to come to a space where you know that's not challenging you're not put in a box so this is what you have to believe. Mm-hmm. How'd you find out about Jay initially? Um, I think through the podcasts because um, I'm a big, big poc- yeah, podcast listener. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was a guest a while back, and then I kind of followed, you know, on the social medias, Jay. And then um, once I decided to leave the previous church here, in Minneapolis, um, for something a little different, um, I, you know, googled you guys and searched you guys and decided to show up. Nice,
1: cool um do you want to talk a little bit about your uh Robert blog and stuff like that
2: yeah uh, just as a sure. quick little
1: plug yeah i feel, yeah, I feel like I, what you're doing
2: is really important yeah i think so too and then just to kind of head that up i think sometimes our people think our congregation is all one type of person mm-hmm. and it's clearly we are not one type of person you'll notice that from this interview to another following interview to another interview um I think maybe Robert would be someone that people would think would come to revolution mm. you know <laughs> right. he 's got tattoos he 's got a couple tattoos mm-hmm. he 's gay mm-hmm. he 's a bear mm-hmm. you know, but um but actually, we have such a diverse congregation we do, yeah we
0: do and, but yeah, talk a little bit about what you do yeah, so basically um, in short, uh, I came out um, a number of years ago, and uh, before that, I was attending a super conservative romanian pentecostal megachurch in phoenix <laughs> so people don't really know that there is a large population of romanians in phoenix but also like the coastal places like la and new york and oregon and such and chicago um but um i i felt that there there's a there's not a huge amount of um, people that are gay that are also um Spiritual or Christian that are um there's not enough of us out there mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to say, and there's even fewer um in the Romanian world um, Romanian American world, so I felt like a I had to kind of explore what it means to be a gay Christian or a person that is gay and believes in God and kind of not only just what what that means but like my life experiences and so i've started writing on my my blog just um life experiences theological views um responding to the culture of what's going on um and it's it's been very impactful you know there's people that have reached out to me from different parts of the world and even back in phoenix that um know that i'm doing this and um it's helping them, and they just really like, you know, thank you for doing this. Like, there's, there's nobody for them to look up to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of pressure, and there's in no way am i perfect. Um, but I am somebody that stands, and say, stands up and says, um, I'm, I'm gay, I'm a quote unquote Christian, and um, I'm Romanian. And, you know, he, here, this is who I am, whether you like it or not. You know, I'm just going to be um, who I think I'm created to be.
2: Yeah.
0: That's a good place to be.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Robert, I know I'm always encouraged by your presence here and just your spirit. And I've hung out with you and your husband before, and he's amazing. Yeah. And
0: uh, he's not a big church attender. No, he's not. Yeah. He, uh, he's a group reform Jew. Okay. So he's Jewish. And um, even though he's not really practicing, um, that's still part of his heritage. Um, and, you know, there is during our early stages of our relationship, I kind of had not only to make sense of um, me coming out and this whole God thing and the gay thing and all this stuff, but also him, you know, not going to church or not believing the same things I believe. And so, you know, it was really kind of... Um, it challenged what my upbringing was and what I was told, and you know how do I make sense of this? Wow, yeah, um, it's a lot of it's a lot to process. A lot to
1: process. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of shifting yes. elements of, of your worldview kind of being reconstructed, or coming maybe coming to terms with what your worldview was that you maybe didn't even acknowledge up until that point.
0: Like, yeah, that's, that's a lot. And I had to really, um, you know, to use the term as deconstruct a yeah. lot, and have the pieces in front of me and say, hey, what does this? What does this mean? You know, was this just passed on to me, this idea, what is the reality? You know, you have to really break it down and look into it to make sense. um, Because we all grew up with an infrastructure that was handed down to us, you know, from an early age in church to Sunday school to, you know, our parents. And um, what you realize is that they're also handing down infrastructure they were raised in. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. from, you know, generation on's. And um, so you really have to um, kind of be punk and say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, adopt this, this ideas or philosophy. And I'm going to just kind of see for myself and uh, critically think about things. And that's really important. So true. Yeah. 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 It's so
2: true. I just think a lot of people have that similar situation in their relationships. So I thought it was just something. Yeah. For sure. Unequally yoked.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: that old (laughs) chestnut. I (laughs) I wrote about that. Um, Oh, did you? I did. I did. Because um, to our conversation, um, it was uh, actually a devotional series for um, the um, Our Bible app. Mm -hmm. And um, it it talked about um, what unequally yoked means and what it meant and uh, how... David and I's interfaith relationship kind of how we made peace with it and how he made it, makes it make it work. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. very, very aware with yeah. How can people check out your blog. Yeah. Just go to bro, Um, and I'm on the social medias as well. Mostly Instagram. Yeah. I would say, um, not so much Twitter. I have a love, hate relationship with Twitter. Uh, me too. Oh yeah. There's some I'm certain things Twitter, like not. that. I, I like, you know, just post their very like Christian mystic kind of things there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there's also, like, all these toxic things mm-hmm. that are out on Twitter, and I just... It, it drains me.
1: I'm curious, with with your relationship with David and the whole unequally yoked thing, um, did... It, it it sounds like... And please correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just trying to kind of process. It sounds like maybe you, you knew in your heart that there was nothing wrong with... Well, first off, being with a man. Second off, being with someone who's not Christian. Yeah. Um, was it something where... You kind of had to like i 'm going to kind of parallel it with what Jay was talking about earlier about like um, how he came to be affirming through the Bible like was it something where you went through scriptures to try to try to uh, reunderstand maybe passages and stuff like that or was it like you already had this this conviction in your heart and then you worked from there like how did how did that that deconstruction happen
0: um it well the coming out kind of forced me into you to know reevaluating revaluate a lot of, yeah. of things and What does it mean? Um, so I did research, right? I read books. Um, so I read, um, the book called Torn, you know, which is a great resource and book. And also, um, there's a book by Colby Martin. Um, the title escapes me, but, um, it just breaks it down in a theological way. And, you know, the original meanings of the words and you have to think about culture, um, what it meant back then, and all of these preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I really did a lot of research because I had to really um, make sense of it for myself. Yeah. I, I couldn't just, you know, say, hey, this is, you know, love is love and have a very superficial view. Mm. I had to really understand it for myself yeah. before I could ever go to that next level.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we, I'm sure that we have a lot of listeners who have similar stories or overlap in their stories as you, what would you say maybe to, to listeners who, who still value Christianity, but maybe their sexuality has, has been a, a a big barrier between them and their church, the church community, or, or who are even, you know, triggered by being in a church who maybe just listen online? I'm not saying that, that you need to talk them into one way or the other, but, but I mean, this is a, a microphone. It's a pretty big microphone in front of you, you know. Like, what would you say to those people?
0: Um. What I've, I've found out is um, there's a lot of instilled fear, um, and there was there was a guy that um, a friend on Instagram friend that messaged me and he expressed how terrified he was to even think about the notion of challenging the views that he was raised with. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of self hate. Um, he 's tried to hurt himself he 's um you know on the outward kind of instagram world he's he 's out you know and he 's very liberal and but he just you know really expressed how he struggles with um just feeling like he is going to hell no matter what and um i think that that 's a lot uh lot to process and there's a lot of people that have that instilled fear in them that they they can't look for answers or they can't challenge because they're afraid of false teachers and false prophets and you know all these uh, misinterpretations Mm -hmm. by the conservatives to try to keep people in in one little box and um, my response to him was just look into Jesus to start off with Um, look into him as a Jew number one because he was a Jew not a Christian in the sense that we see it today you know it's not white evangelicalism it's not republican it's look at him and study him as a Jew culturally you know from historians from you know authors that have written, written books about him as a Jew and just start there um, because really you can't upset God with that. If you believe that God would be upset with you going right, outside right. of the lines, you can't be as upset mm. with that. And what, what happens is when you start looking into who Jesus was, from a Jewish perspective, I think you start realizing that what you were taught is not exactly true. And it's a different, totally different um, worldview than mm. what we have today.
2: It really is. It really is.
0: When you start to realize what
2: the Bible is, mm-hmm. you've been told and what you've been told is just, it's night and day. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Night and day. That's great advice as an, as an in. Like this is safe, right? Like, okay, let's start here, you know? <laughs> yes. Start Jesus. You start can't it. go That's wrong. Yeah. yeah, God can <laughs> be yeah. mad at you. <laughs> uh-huh, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's another really great book called A Time to Embrace by Stacy Johnson that I recommend to folks to check that That's... out. So I guess with our last question. Mm-hmm. Not that real? we need
1: to wrap up, but like we yeah. can... We can pull this apart as much as we want. I'm sure Robert um, has some good advice on
2: this. Yeah, I mean, our feedback, we've been asking folks, what could we do more of? What could we do less of? What can we do better? What can we do better? What can we do worse? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the conversation is like, you know, how can we, I mean, this is obviously an effort to try to get the community to know each other, um, but what, what steps do you think we should take or could take or should take her
0: yeah, um I think what what's happening here is amazing um, I feel out there is sort of a sleeping giant you know waiting to awaken and I think it's amazing um, I think going like harkening back to the beginning of our conversation, this is really kind of at the precipice of this online community and this online world because people don't always go to church they can't go to church um and there's this listening community that we have um that are so interconnected i think what um just probably more online presence and being more um, on the socials being more involved Mm -hmm. um, and having that conversation i know that you guys just launched the facebook Mm -hmm. group for your uh suggestion yes absolutely because we are um everywhere we're not in just one place and um it's not a traditional church so having a place like the um revolution um group you could have conversations and talk and post things and say hey what do you think about this and you could have dialogue with listeners um and people so yeah that's definitely where we're
2: headed yep <laughs>
1: Yep, and that's, that can be a little plug too for listeners right now. as we we got the group; it's it's bare bones right now, but we're gonna try to get some more conversations going there. And Bob even mentioned to me last week about maybe um, starting to do like live streaming, yeah, uh, like video streaming maybe through Facebook of yeah. like,
0: sermons and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like what you, Jay you did this morning where you put a question out there on Instagram and you have feedback and you answer questions. Like that's a really yeah. great way to a not only engage the community. But also, you know, help them answer questions, um, feel more of a close community than mm. um, otherwise. So, yeah. I think that's a really great thing. Cool.
2: Thanks. Yeah, it's been kind of cool to do.
0: Yeah, it's a great idea.
2: Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Robert, so much for coming to Revolution, for being a part of Revolution, and yeah, everything. I love it. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Cool.